handle the truth. I'm Jim Price of Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is uh, January 31st. It's a Wednesday, 2023. Well, 2024. <laughs> I screwed up there. Uh, give me just a second here, guys. I got to fix the camera. So I will be black for just a second here. I don't think that's the way I should have said that. But um, anyway, that's how I said it. And here's what we're going to do. All right. Um, sometimes if I start the camera too soon... Uh, before OBS is all the way up, I get that glitching like that, so I have to reset it. Anyway, hello, is that good? Yeah, it's better. <laughs> Whatever. All right, guys. Well, anyway, this is um, I, I wanted. I had this this thought about some things, and I, I I pieced this together a little bit throughout the day today. And I looked around. and I said, okay, what is what is the what is the goings on that I'm seeing around me? What am I seeing? I'm like, oh, everybody is so thankful that we've uh, the gas prices were dropping down. They they had made these decisions or whatever. They made these comments that, oh, look, see, gas prices are down. You know, twenty or thirty percent of what they were last year. They're they're um, you know whatever it was. Well, the problem is, is this is that this is that lie they're telling you. And I then I began to think about. I was watching a truck go down the road, and I said, well, why don't you just wash all of that, um, why don't you wash all of that dirt off of your truck? It would save you gas mileage. And then I said, well, no, wait, it doesn't matter if that truck's fully loaded or fully unloaded. It's still going to get about eight and a half, nine, nine miles to the gallon. And then I thought, then I thought to myself, well, wait, hold on a second here. Uh, if we're saying that it's possible that we know that all of the EPA trucks, and listen to the, this is the conspiracy of things. And if we want to, we can all talk about whatever Ukraine or the border or whatever it is and kids and trafficking or, I mean, whatever the things are that we all want to come up with that we seem to think is so important at any given moment. Edwin, good to see you. Um... This, this is a greater conspiracy than we want it to be because we all think about these oil prices as being independent of each other, that Sinclair Oil and their refineries is doing one thing, Coke and their refineries and, and pipelining is another, uh, Shell and BP are doing their thing and it's another. How can you say it's another when it all goes into the same pipeline Yet it's different. It's bought at a different rate, or it's bought all at the same rate. I don't think we realize how much we have really looked past the demon that's right in front of our face, and we think about these things as oil prices, like oh, you know, oil prices and and uh, this and that. Well, the, my problem with the oil prices and this and that is that. 
They're set by an international body of people. Now, we can dump more oil on the market, and yes, it will drive it down. But everybody's doing their part to make what they can when they can, right? But if I knew that even though I was producing a certain amount of oil, and I was refining it into AV, you know, jet fuel, aviation fuel, premium, unleaded, you know, diesel, kerosene, asphalt. If I knew I could control the burn rate of an entire industry that I know that drives a billion miles a year, which would be, i.e., the trucking industry, if I knew the trucking industry was going to spend... Hey, John, good to see you. Thank you so much for being there on CloudHub. Um, yeah, I noticed there's been a little bit of a connection issue here. I am not dropping any frame rates on my side, but I do know that there's some uh, there's a little bit of things here. Until gas gets below $1.87 a gallon, the prices are up. I know you know. John Cade, you're absolutely correct on that. Now, if I am... If I am the oil industry and I know that I've got a few doll hairs hanging around that I could spend and I could go into a lobbying firm and say, can you lobby for us to the EPA to make sure that these particulate catchers are on these diesels, that we need to make sure and take the sulfur out of the diesel, that we need to make sure that we limit the amount of air that can come into a diesel or how big the exhaust can be coming out of the back end of a diesel, or that we create these arbitrary laws that have nothing to do with reality or efficiency or actually making a bird's egg any eggshell any thicker. If I could go in and tell the EPA that I need them to do certain things to a vehicle because it will make the cars and the trucks less efficient than they can be. Now, listen to me, guys. Listen to me for a second here. I know this sounds like I'm really out there reaching, and a lot of you guys already know where I'm going with this, but I had a truck. Let me do this for you. I'm going to play my video. On, I've never played this video ever, and I and I this is a... This is my YouTube from way, way long, 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 long time ago. Um, and I put up, this was back when being on YouTube was a real pain in the butt. Like it just did not, uh, uploading and all that stuff was just not cool. We were, you know, kind of had camcorders and other things like that. And so for me, I... Um, I was able to upload this video, and this was right about the time. Oh, I gotta wait for the commercial to play. All right, let's play the commercial here. Uh, this is right about the time cell phones and stuff were really kind of becoming uh, a mainstream of things. But I had a diesel pickup, and in this diesel pickup, I had put on thirty-five inch, 30, 12, uh, thirty-five inch tall tires, twelve and a half inch wide. And these are what they call mud tires, okay? So these mud tires that I had, now I had to play a commercial just to play my own stupid video, but anyway, these mud tires I had were big lugged tires. So when you went down the road, they're like, rah, 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 rah. I was like, it's like my, it's a one, Cessna, Cessna 172. 
I'm, you know, sounds like I'm flying and I'm just driving down the road. Now, this truck that I'm getting ready to show you is a three-quarter ton, four-door, four-wheel drive, lifted truck on 35-inch mud tires. Now, mud tires are not efficient. Uh, they got a lot of grab, and they make a lot of noise. But in this truck, I took off the particulate catcher. I put in a different air cleaner. I put on a tune. And the same motor that Ford builds day in and day out, I was able to go in and just with a computer program, just with a computer program, and then also with a um, particulate delete, so it doesn't, wasn't going to run that particulate catcher anymore, wasn't going to do the particulate catch thing that uh, these computers and all this want to do. Now, I was getting 36 miles to the gallon in this diesel truck when I deleted all of the EPA. When I got rid of the EPA, suddenly my truck was able to get 36 miles to the gallon. And now this is a three-quarter ton truck with 35-inch mud tires with a lift kit. So that means I'm higher in the air, less aerodynamics. See, the more closer to the ground you are, the more aerodynamics. So you can get underneath the air. You can kind of scoop the air over. That's why all these supercars have these little splitters in the front. And the NASCAR has that little splitter in the front. Because you're lifting the air up over the car so the car is getting through it because a uh, vehicles compress air in front of them. After you get about 120, 130 miles an hour, there's stacks of air in front of you and it slows you down. So your tires will actually spin at a faster rate than you are moving. Now, I want to show you this. This is what happens when you take the EPA out of a truck and that truck is given all the opportunity to breathe and huff and puff the way it's supposed to. And by the way, guys, if a diesel is not burning black, it is putting fumes into the air. It's not burning the fuel. It's just vaporizing fuel. So here's the truck that I actually put together that I did myself, and this is a 29-second video. Here we go. So, oh, well, go, well uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry about my son's language. But we'll probably try that one more time. So, guys, what I'm showing you here is that if I can take a diesel truck that's a stock truck, I did nothing else to the motor. All I did was take the computer out of the way, and I took the particulate catcher out of the way, and I took the crappy filter that is, comes off the factory out of the way. Suck, bang, blow. This is what a motor does. And by taking the computer and changing it to where I'm optimizing the actual potential of the motor, my truck would get 36 miles to the gallon. And I, only, and I didn't even, wasn't even trying. I was running, I mean, I could get on the freeway and run 85, 90 miles an hour in that truck and get 36, over 30 miles a gallon in that truck. Now, I remember there was a time I went to Kansas City in it, and I drove up there, and I was getting 36 miles a gallon on average the entire trip. Now, we're all sitting around here, and we're all thinking of these different things. Hey, uh, good to see you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here. 
Uh, thank you, Edward, for that compliment. Ken, good seeing you. Greetings, Earthlings. So we are uh, we are now the uh, subordinates to Ken. Uh, Ken says that we are just the Earthlings, and he is a... No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate that, buddy. But what I'm trying to point out to you here is if I was a country or a company that was making, I don't know, 30-some billion dollars in profit every quarter... Don't you think I could take one of those billion dollars and put it into a congressman's pocket to then tell the F, uh, the EPA that they need to regulate the auto industry and go in there and start pushing for these batteries that are nonsensical, that are, that are absolutely toxic and will create further jobs in the future because we're going to find that these things are so toxic that they'll have to spend trillions of dollars cleaning up the lithium-ion battery mess that they have created, including the lithium productions. By the way, lithium is just a type of salt. And I want you guys to think about that. It's a mineral. It's something that's a salt. And these, these, these mines, the way they mine these are actually big slush ponds. And they're concentrating this lithium down into a salt that is then used in the manufacturing of batteries. But what I'm trying to point out to you here in this whole analogy of things, this whole internet of things, that the EPA has gone around and bankrupted countless, countless, including the company that I got that tech from. They have bankrupted that company, Spartan Diesel's Technology. They bankrupted it. Well, they didn't bankrupt them. They said, if you do it again, we will bankrupt you. I think they gave them a little bit of a warning. But what I'm trying to point out to you here is that we have a situation where I do believe that the oil company who sits there and goes, Oh, sir, would you let us drill another hole? Oh, please, sir. Oh, please. Is actually making sure that when you consume fuel, that it is burned at such an inefficient rate that they get to sell you more of the crap that they just can't seem to find enough of. Even though we can be energy independent in a minute, which means that all of the EPA and all the other you know stuff almost becomes obsolete. Do you see how why we want to get rid of Trump? Because Trump, listen, Trump made us energy independent, which meant that oil prices plummeted globally. You don't think that didn't piss off the Saudis? He didn't piss off the Russians, the Chinese, the people who, you know, the Venezuelans who are relying on that oil price? If America's not buying Venezuela oil, then who's going to buy it? The people who can't afford it in their own country? <laughs> what I'm pointing out to you is that we have a situation where the entire system is nothing but a game. And the problem is if you don't get the life hack that gets you out of it, then you're going to be nothing but a victim to it. Now, I have gone into my truck. I have my truck that I've had now, and it's uh, and I've had it now for, what, four years, and I've uh, enjoyed my truck immensely. I usually used to buy a truck uh, quite often when I was making a lot of zeros and doing DOD contracting. But I've taken the air filter and changed it. I've upgraded the spark plugs. I cut the muffler off of it, and I will tell you that just in those couple things, I did gain four miles per gallon by putting a different type of air filter system on the front end, a cold air intake, 
And then I was able to cut the muffler off, which, you know, kept the engine from being able to push the, you know, the suck, bang, blow, the blow part of it. It limited the blow part. So for me to be able to say that I am trying to work out the cheat codes the best I can in my vehicles, like I tint my vehicle, like you saw that truck there. I've been tinting my vehicles for decades now. And I limo tent every single window. And then I put a great big eyebrow across the front. Now, why did I do that? Not because I wanted to be rebellious and sneak around and so the cops didn't know who was in the vehicle. I did it because the, my truck was my office. And if you were on a laptop or you're sitting there idling and the sun's beating in on you and you're trying to run the air conditioning and you're trying to cool down or whatever, you don't want the air conditioning running on high while you're trying to talk to somebody on the phone or look at your laptop and you can't hardly see the screen. So I started doing that a long, long time ago, and I do it every single car I have, every single vehicle I have. You can go out here to the 1985 uh, F-250 that's sitting out there, and, and, uh, or if you go out to a, you know, it doesn't matter what year it is. If I have anything at all, I tint the windows. That's just what I do with my vehicles. But the problem with that is, is that the truck that I own now, which is the only truck I have, and this is what I drive on my daily, I do this because, one, my air conditioner doesn't run like crazy all summer long, which then I don't run, doesn't run my motor hotter, and, uh, and means I'm not burning as much gas. That sounds pretty smart. But at the same time, if a cop wants to screw with you and say, oh, you're a dangerous society, nobody tints their windows so they can shoot a cop. So stop being a drama queen and giving me your crap. And the, the shootings that I have seen, and I have made a very, very specific habit of watching when cop-involved shootings happen, there is no tinting involved. Trust me. I looked because I wanted to justify their statement that it's a safety issue. No, it's a control issue. They want to control you. So when I pull over, if I get a speeding ticket, and I've had, uh, I think I've had about five or six of them in a lifetime now, I don't maybe seven, and every time I pull get pulled over, I immediately roll down every window on my truck, and I sit there and wait. And whichever side that that individual decides to come up, either on the passenger side or driver's side, because God knows we can't do it the same way every time. we got to do it something different. And then they put their little fingerprint on the tailgate of your truck so that they show that if that truck runs away or that something happens to the cop, they can match the fingerprint to the truck. These are all the things that your cops do. This is how paranoid they really are. But what I'm pointing out to you is, is I have had to go through life and I had to spend $300 every time I buy a vehicle to have the tinting done. And that means that I go in and I have it limo tinted the whole way around. Even on the back windows, I have limo tint on the fronts, across the eyebrow, and all the windows that were tinted in the back, I still tint them all the way out. Now, there is... No reason in the world why I need to take the tinting off so for their safety because it does not correlate. And I don't care what cop says it because they're going to say, well, it's for our safety. Well, then you need to statistically go back and show me in the cop videos where the tinted windows became a factor. Period. It never happens. But again, it's a lazy argument because we don't want to put the thought process into it. We don't have to want to do our own investigations. But this is me making sure that I can use my truck in an efficient way that saves me money and I don't have to worry about people 
you know, I don't have to worry about, um, not people, but I don't have to worry about the sun beating in on me while I'm on the phone or while I'm on my laptop or doing whatever. But that's a life hack. Just like eliminating the muffler off of my truck. My truck had 60 miles on it. I took it straight to the muffler shop and I had him cut the muffler out of my truck and put a straight pipe in there. Brand new. I mean, it didn't even had a, it had already had, you know, two gallons of gas through it. And I had cut that thing out of there because it makes my truck more efficient and it gives it a lot of grrr. But again, these are the things where if I'm thinking of the gas prices, which gas and oil industries, they really don't get out there and give you the big, the big violin sad story about, oh, we're just trying to wrap two nickels together. Now, I will tell you that the reason you pay for most anything that costs at all over 2 or 3 or $4 in gas is because the EPA is involved. The sulfur removing of and diesels actually make diesels less efficient. The sulfur is what kept the diesels together, diesel motors together for 1 and 2 and 3 million miles. Million miles. Not 100,000 miles, not 200,000 miles, not 300,000 miles, but millions and millions of miles before they had to be rebuilt. But the problem with that is, again, we don't want to talk about those things where these guys were actually able to make a living and not have to worry about their cars or their trucks constantly breaking down. But I will tell you right now, as I have seen these new innovations, the, the variable speed timing and the, oh, the EPA and this and the computer that, did you know that every manufacturer out there tunes their motors down 30% so that you don't wear it out before it hits the end of the warranty? Because they don't want you maximizing the horsepower or the potential of the motor because they don't want to pay for warranty issues. But by the way, why do we still have warranty issues? Because they don't care. Have you ever opened the engine bay of a car and wonder what in the what? Who thought this was an amazing idea? How many of you guys opened up a diesel truck motor uh, engine compartment and look inside there and tell me, my gosh, what a work of art. But why is it that I spent a week at the Barrett-Jackson auto auction and every single diesel that was there, every single car that was there, the first thing they did was make sure that it was just a motor suck, bang, blow. There was no extra hoses. There were no extra anything. And people were paying millions of dollars for the opportunity to own a vehicle that doesn't have the government in it. But is it the government that's feeding the fuel to the fire that says the EPA needs to tell you how loud your motor can be, what shape your car can be, how many miles per gallon it can be, how much exhaust comes out of it, what the exhaust sounds like? Or is that because the oil industry really knows that if they do all those things and they push all those things through, they get to sell a lot more oil and you're going to continue to buy it because you have to. See, we don't want to talk about the idea that a locomotive is actually just a great big generator. A locomotive does not drive anything off of fuel. They have diesel generators, direct current diesel generators that send electrical power to electrical motors on the tracks. 
That's how to mo modern-day locomotives work. They're not direct drive. The engine does not drive the axles. It's all done by fine wire, fine wire cabling and multiples of thousands of strands going from the DC motor to the DC generator. Because every strand, electricity travels on the outside of the water wire, and so if you have thousands of strands, that means you have thousands of wires taking electricity to there, which is far more efficient than one singular wire. So my problem with this whole thing is, and I know that I've gone a long way around the block. It seems like I may not have, may or may not have gone anywhere on this whole thing. But I'm telling you right now, they we have a problem. Uh, Edward says, uh, "Destroyed truck owners return on investment." That's exactly right. See, back when a guy could run a truck for ten and twenty years, running that same old flat-nosed Mac or Peterbilt or Freightliner, the, the long-nosed trucks. They could run them trucks and pass them down to their kids. But now, we're constantly manufacturing new ones because the old ones are falling apart. Not because we're getting better at technology, but because we're getting dumber at technology. We're making the frames lighter, <clears throat> lighter so they're more efficient, but yet the average mile per gallon is eight and a half miles per gallon of any diesel truck loaded or unloaded. So please tell me, please tell me that I can't go on the internet. Please say that I am, I'm just making it up. Please tell me that I'm somehow imagining this. And if I find a way to go in and see, see if I can go in and find a way to see if the oil industry is paying lobbyist firms to go into the EPA to make sure to put in particulate catchers, to put in dumbed-down filtration systems going into the motor, making sure that we cannot do any type of recovery on wheel spin. See, I came up with a perfect idea a long, long time ago. See, capacitors actually store energy far more efficiently and can be powered up almost instantaneously to 100% capacity, and it doesn't take a long, slow trickle to get those batteries charged all the way up. But if I took my V8 truck, and I simply put on the drive shaft a long cylindrical electric motor, and then powered that electric motor to assist the drive shaft of my truck, and that electricity was coming from each one of the brake discs on the truck, the Four spinny things that go down the road. You know that little... The wheels. So if I get a big V8 motor, I got a 5.0 liter, liter in my truck, and I get going down the road, and as that capacitor starts to build up power and it hits 100%, then it starts sending the extra power to the drive shaft and assisting the drive shaft. So now my truck has to put less and less fuel into the motor. Do you see how that right there makes my truck almost perpetual where a tank of gas will be doubled or tripled or quadrupled because I'm just using the perpetual energy of my vehicle? But by the way, our own EPA says that is not allowed. It's not allowed. Why do you think that we're going to be going to hydrogen here in the next 10 years? Because it works. 
because gasoline and hydrogen motors actually are very efficient and they create a ton of horsepower on demand with very little, very little maintenance. I rode, I rode in a Tesla for the first time on Sunday of this week. Sunday is the first day of the week, so guys, we got to get that straight in our head. But on Sunday, the very first day of the week, which I thought was the last day of the week, because isn't that when you were supposed to, that we, we say the seventh day God rested? So that's why we do this whole thing? Um, but no, it's not. Sunday's the first day of the week. So we just, however you want you to lie to yourself. But anyway. On Sunday, I had to Uber to the airport because I had to leave the the uh, John and Chris's house. I needed to leave their house by six thirty, or you know, at least six thirty, to get to the airport because I it was a forty minute plus drive, forty eight minute drive to the airport from where they lived, and that's just Phoenix, guys. If you've ever been to the Valley, if you live way out west, it's an hour or two hours to the airport. I mean, it, the Valley is just ridiculous. I have. I, I can't believe how big the valley has become, and it's just not special anymore. Uh, where there used to be the desert and the places to go and the places that you could go out and adventure in, they just really don't exist. Everything is asphalt, jungle, and uh, stucco houses. Nothing that interesting. But my very first experience was as a Tesla was on Sunday morning, and I go and I... Uh, this individual, the gentleman pulls up, and then I don't know how to operate the door handle. I didn't realize it was a push. I got to push in and then pull out again. Why? And then the door, it sounds like plastic. It sounds cheap. It sounds like a Kia or a Hyundai. It sounds like junk. It sounds like an old Yugo. You guys remember Yugos? And as I get in this vehicle, I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, again, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, Tesla, they were, they were just the bestest ever. I mean, oh, I can't believe it. No. If anybody ever tried to give me a Tesla, I would immediately say, give it to somebody else who gives a crap. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to resell it. I'm not going to use it because it's something to do. I got in that vehicle, and this is the four-door version. And I thought I was sitting on a cardboard box. The foam and the cushions was sucky. The ergonomics of the whole thing actually was horrible. The seat and the floor pan were so close to each other, my knees were up in the air. And then it sounds like my truck. I have mud, I, don't, I have all-terrain tires on my truck now. I don't use the mud tires like I used to, but I have all-terrain tr- tires. I have 35-inch 35-inch, 12-and-a-half-inch wide mud tires, and the mud tire, or not mud tires, but all-terrain tires that I have on my truck have the exact same road noise as that Tesla with no motor. Oh, yeah, there was no grr of the big truck motor that I have. But at the same time, the road noise and the ride was crappy. I don't know who's like, oh, you know, I just can't wait to get me one of these Teslas. And then when the tur- you t- he turned the turn signal on and the camera would come up, which is very distracting, the camera would come up to the right-hand view or left-hand view of the car. And the camera view was digitized. It was all pixelated. And I'm like, why is this? This is the, we're all like, oh, thank you, Elon. <laughs> but at the same time, that same car is sucking energy off of the grid that we don't have. 
and we have a very antiquated old type of system. Guys, we are working on an electrical system that is literally hundreds of years old and has nothing to do with modern innovation whatsoever. The old cable way that we do things and the how we get uh, power from one to the other, don't be impressed. What I'm telling you, though, at this point is like, I don't think you guys get it. I do believe that we have all, we've all fallen for it. Edward says, uh, Phoenix, one big traffic jam last 10 to 15 years here in Tucson, too. You know, Edward, I, I know I, I haven't, I wasn't back to Phoenix for 20 years. And then the last year and a half here, I have been back a lot. And uh, I will tell you that I've been not been impressed. I went out to my old house at 95th place in East Mesa and, you know, it's just it's just an old part of town now. And I owned that. I sold that house at 95, 95th place in 95. I never thought about that. But I don't miss the valley. I don't miss all the stuff. I don't miss all the the uh of things. And my problem with this is is that I keep I keep trying to figure out why it is that we're falling into these traps while we keep doing these things. We got millions and millions of cars in America that are burning fuel inefficiently because people want to make more money. And let me give you a little bit of a, and I'm going to go down this analogy. You guys got to work with me here. Don't go too far. Let me, let's do this. Let's say I make Oreos. Okay. Now I found out that if I can, I can, I can make Oreos out of lard, sugar, cocoa, uh, salt and whatever, right? Just a couple, four or five ingredients. I can make a Oreo cookie, the little quick cookie part of it. You know, the icing is made of sugar and, and lard. But let's say I found out that I could chemically alter that cookie to save, uh, I could save 50 cents per package. The problem with that scenario is that bump in revenue, that bump in extra money you made, only lasts in the transition. It doesn't continue to make you that money because that money is now normal. Do you follow what I'm saying here? When you when you go in and you say, oh, I'm going to take the, the expensive part of the Oreo out and I'm going to dump a chemical in there. Hey, Carrie Heisman, good to see you. Thank you for being here, sir. If I go in for that one moment and I take let's say the lard out and I put soybean oil in there and I save 50 cents per package. Well, that first year I do that, I'm going to make, I'm going to like, I'm going to be way up from what I was last year, right? So I got this big bump, I got, oh, look at me, I'm a hero. But the problem is that there's no extra profit after that again. You can't, if you go in and try to squeeze a little more out and a little more out, you're just lessening the product. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Is that it doesn't make sense to feed you chemicals in your Oreos because you're willing to pay the price for a good Oreo and you will pay that price and you don't have to try to go squeeze an extra dime out of the package because I'll pay for lard, cocoa, sugar, and whatever. But I don't want the chemicals. The only time it ever makes sense is the one time you do it up front and then after that... Your profit ratios are the same, eternally. Yeah, you got that little bump for that one year, but then it that's but then your profits the next year will actually drop down because they've normalized. 
You're not going to continue to make more money year after year after year after year. You're just going to make that same money, and probably your, chemi your chemicals will then turn people off, and they'll quit buying them like me. I used to love Oreos. I loved Oreos. I love Chips Ahoy. I won't touch them now. I won't touch them now. I mean, I, I eat an Oreo every now and again. I haven't had a Chips Ahoy in years. But God dang it, why do we have to sit there and continue to eat crap when in reality we'll buy the real stuff? Why do we have to continue to put EPA crap into our vehicles for things that they're not testing? By the way, guys, when the, when the, the platinum that heats up in the catalytic converter that they keep cutting off your car, then you have to replace it for $1,800. It could be a $2,000 car, but the catalytic converter is going to be $2,000, $1,800, just to buy it, not install it. That chemical process of when it heats up, that ceramic and that honeycomb ceramic inside of there heats up with that platinum and changes the chemical makeup of the exhaust coming out doesn't mean there's no chemicals coming out. They're just not testing for what's coming out. Do you follow what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Can you smell what I'm stepping in? So we've got an, an incestuous relationship with the oil industry because they decided to go into the car industry and the trucking industry, and they found out that, guys, listen, if we limit every truck on earth, except for a few outliers who bother to figure out that they don't have to have this EPA crap on their truck, that if we could figure out a way that every one of them makes eight miles a gallon, we're going to sell that much more fuel. And we'll consistently sell the same amount of fuel year after 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 year. And we don't have to adjust our business model because they adjusted theirs to ours. And so diesel trucks that you see flying down the road with empty trailers are making eight miles the gallon. And the ones that you see with a great big jet engine or steel or whatever on the back of it are making eight miles the gallon. How is that magical formula created? Because the EPA is involved. When you see that fully customized semi-truck rolling down the road with a badass paint job, when you see the big stacks and you see the rolling coal, applaud that man. <laughs> applaud that man. Because he broke out of the matrix where you haven't. Have you changed your car to a cold air intake? Have you changed the exhaust so that your vehicle can run better? Have you put better spark plugs in that were factory? Have you tried to tinker with it just a little bit to get a little bit more efficiency out of it? Have you tinted your windows so your air conditioner has to blow like crazy in the middle of the summer? These are life hacks. These are the things that they make laws against because they don't want you doing it. It has nothing to do with cop safety. Look at the videos. Look at the research. It's not, it has nothing to do with tinted windows. It's all a fallacy. Police officers are not hurt because we've discovered tinting windows. That's stupid. We don't want you running tinted windows because your air conditioners run extra hot. And I have never understood. I've watched, I was in Phoenix and I drove around. I see every car with no tinting on their car. Every car. I'm like, you live in Arizona. What are you doing? It's hot there all the time. But again, I digress. I do believe that there is a greater conspiracy between the oil company 
the EPA, the auto industry than you want to admit. Because we've always separated them into different corners as if they were different opponents, but I think they've been working together in conjunction with each other, including red lights, including traffic flow. Do you know that it's the requirement of your government and the Constitution to give you free travel so that you travel freely without restriction? Did you know that doesn't say anything about staying at a red light once you have stopped? It does not say wait for the light to turn green. It says you must come to a complete stop at a red light behind the sidewalk or designated white line. And if none appears, then before the intersection. That's it. It doesn't say wait for it to turn green. But we sit around idling. No cars are coming. Nobody's around. Sitting there waiting for the turn signal to go, waiting for the green light, and there's 10 cars, 20 cars, 50 cars waiting on nobody because the lights aren't synced up. But by the way, in the law, someone's got to have to show me maybe their state has something different than Kansas, but we don't have when it turns green, go. It says you are required to stop at a red light. Kerry Heiserman says, uh, E3 plugs, MSD wires, my V6 is more responsive than most V8 cylinders running hot. There you go, Kerry. And I will tell you this, Kerry Heiserman, run premium in your truck. Run premium in your car, and you will save money. I have proven that for four decades now, and I will tell you guys, I mean, well, not quite four decades, but pretty close to it. I started running premium right after high school. Right after high school, I started running premium because I was like, well, premium, it's a better gas. And then if I got an older truck, I want to make sure that my gas, my older truck's running good because it's got some, you know, it's got the carbon and everything in there. And I found out that when I used premium unleaded, I got better gas mileage and my truck ran better. Even though you're paying 20 cents more per gallon, you actually save more in mileage because there's more oxygen in the fuel. I have proven that now for decades and decades. I have driven back and forth last year to both sides of this country, all the way to the Pacific and all the way to the Atlantic, back and forth and back and forth, all the driving I did. And I have proven to it hands down that premium fuel actually saves you money. Oh, by the way, air your tires up to whatever it says on the side of the tire. If it says 35 max, 35 PSI, put it at 35. If it says 44, run it at 44. If it says 52, run it at 52, and you will save money. That's another mile to two miles a gallon just by making sure your tires are fully inflated. And by the way, the max does not mean explosive rate that your tires are going to fall off. It'll actually mean that your tires will wear evenly when properly rotated. But the, the oil industry is not going to tell you that, right? Making sure your tires are balanced properly through road force balancing makes sure that at high speeds you don't have a wobble which causes a vibration which causes inefficiency and spin. But I do believe, guys, I believe in my heart that there is a conspiracy here that is far greater than us and we don't realize because we are too busy. We're too busy running around chasing, oh, it's look at how expensive the fuel is. No. 
your car runs like crap, has all the EPA crap on there, has all this technical crap on there so that your car runs less efficient. I will line up anybody, any day, all day long, and show them over and over and over again the consistency, suck, bang, blow, period. But again, we have to have that conversation and be honest about that conversation. Uh, Edward says, uh, Jim, your rant is well warranted, and we are worried about AI, but obey controlling instead of thinking, screw the feds. Well, yeah. Yeah, Edward, I'm, I'm just stating the obvious here. These are life hacks. You know, just like during the winter, uh, during the summer times, at night, I run the air conditioner down to 68. So that when I get up in the morning, I turn it up to 72 so that my inside of my house is cooler. The couch, the walls, the carpet, the light fixtures, all the furniture, everything is cooler. That's called thermodynamics. That means that my house is cooler on the inside, so my air conditioner will not kick on until sometimes after lunch, even on the hottest days. Because the inside of my house, when it was cold outside, when the sun had gone down, the air conditioner was working a lot less because the air is cooler. It's pulling less wattage. I cool my house down cheaper at night, and I sleep really good because science has proven that cold air helps you sleep better at night. Scientific fact across the board, they all say it. When you cool your house down at night, everything gets cold. The tile, the carpet, the sheetrock, the vents, everything gets cooler. And then you turn it up to 72 before you, when you get up in the morning, first thing, turn it to 72. And then your house doesn't, then your house just stays cool throughout the day until finally all those things inside there start to warm up. And then the air conditioner comes on and it only runs later in the day, not during that whole morning time. But if you're always just trying to run it right at 72, you're trying to run at that edge all the time, your system's going to run constantly throughout the day over and over again. And another life hack on top of this, I guess I should have named the episode Life Hack or uh, you know whatever you want to call it, that if you turn the fan to on on your system, not auto, to on, the power pull is the same as a ceiling fan. But it keeps the convection oven of your house. Everything is the exact same temperature. The basement, the attic, the whatever. If you got basement, if you got rooms, whatever, the rooms on the west side, the rooms on the east side, everything's the same temperature. Your convection oven in it, right? <laughs> Carrie says 77 here. Are you rich? <laughs> no, Carrie, I've just normalized 72 as a part of my life, and I, I have adjusted my life to that, and it works for me. But if you think about these simple things that we can do that makes our life just a little bit better and a little bit easier, and we work against the machine that is trying to eat us, and we start realizing the oil industry is not a victim, but actually the victimizer. The EPA is not the victim, but the victimizer. Again, these the auto industry is not the victim, but the victimizer. Because they go in there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They comply all the time. They comply to this. But why is it I can go buy a 1969 Ford truck and get 20 miles the gallon, 25 miles the gallon on it? And it, we're talking about a 390 with a four-barrel carburetor on it. 
with a flat front end, everything square body on it, right? The old Ford trucks got the nice flat front end, beautiful trucks. Love them. So my point is, is that when you think about all this stuff, why is it I can get an old truck to do amazing things, but my new truck I can't? Oh, it's got air-conditioned seats and a cruise control and all this other stuff. No. No. So my point here is, guys, is you've got to realize that a lot of the stuff that they've trained you to do, I was asked a very simple question the other day, and I did an ep- I was doing another show, and they said, what's the, what's the one thing you would tell people if they're wanting to, 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 to make that step to, to grow or get away from what's going on? I said, brush your teeth with your left hand if you're right-handed. Put both of your, put one sock on, one shoe on, put the other sock on, the other shoe on. Change your routine and watch how you start seeing things differently. Do things differently than you ever do. If, you, if you're used to doing things in a certain way, you know, if you, if you dry your legs first or you dry your back first, dry your hair first, change it up and see what your mind can do. See what you can come up with and see what you can imagine that it could be different when you start doing things differently. Guys, we have these answers, but it takes effort. It means you have to kind of be able to stand on your own and be able to do things differently. Um, Marsha Anderson says, Cops around here always checking to see if the tent's more than 30%. If, uh, you, um, if it is, you, uh, to get a fine to pay. Yeah, I know, Marsha, but again, that's why I roll the windows down as soon as they pull up, and a lot of times they don't mess with worrying about the tent. Sometimes they do, and I remember it's like $120, but I'm not going to rip off $300 worth of tent to satisfy their $120. I'll just pay it, and I have not had that happen. So, yeah, knock on wood, but I haven't had that happen to me. But this is a problem for us, folks. We should not fear our public servants. We should be able to travel freely on the public byways. These are ours, not theirs. They're not theirs to monitor traffic control. They're not theirs to do any type of speed traps. It's not theirs to tax people. These are just highwaymen who go around robbing you. Isn't this what we have all said we didn't want in our lives? Isn't that what the childhood tales, the fairy tales talk about, how we should stand up against our oppressors? I wish that we would go back and understand that the way the Constitution was really written and see how powerful it really is and then exercise those things. Well, Carrie, I said, uh, Carrie says, Jim, you're a rebel. I said, Carrie, I didn't want to be a rebel. But they pushed me to this level. Uh, they pushed me like this. I shouldn't have to buy a truck and then spend thousands of dollars modifying it so I can get better gas mileage. I should be able to buy and vote with my money what I want. I don't want to buy electric cars. I don't want to buy any of that hybrid crap because we know that it's actually completely inefficient and it's not what we need. The Prius has yet to impress anybody with anything. The overall maintenance on a Prius is higher than my F-150. Think about that. Oh, yeah. The overall maintenance and fuel cost and and maintenance cost is higher than my F-150, but it's more efficient. Is it? 
So these are the things we go through over and over again. Uh, Dona, I have not seen you in a long time. Good to see you. Hi, Jim. Trying to get to Texas with the People's Movement in Nevada. Support the truckers. Uh, take our border back. God bless the United States. Um, uh, Dona, good to see you. Thank you so much for being there. And guys, be careful if you are going down to the border areas. Eagle Pass is a trap. Uh, Eagle Pass is a bridge. If you go 100 yards to the west of Eagle Pass, you will find that the border is wide open for over 100 miles. There is no fence. There is no patrols. There's nobody doing anything. So uh, Greg Abbott, the Texas governor, is full of crap, just like Ron DeSantis. I I think they're the exact same people, and they both have said you can be rounded up and put into concentration camps for disease control. Their words, they signed it, not me. All right, guys, uh, and that's about it for me today. So this has been one of those days where I kind of went on and ramble, but remember, this was about you being more aware of the world around you, and yes, there's a lot of things going on, World War III and 29, whatever. Guys, we know Kamala Harris is not going to be the president. We know Joe Biden's not going to be the president. Guys, stand up for yourself. Be proud. Be loud. When I watched them auction off Trump's Lamborghini, when the entire crowd erupted into cheers and they chanted and they and they cheered on the, the the bidders, and when it finally closed, the entire room erupted and everybody wanted their picture next to that car. Everybody understands who won that election in 2020, and we know who's going to win the election in 2024. If we don't get what we want. We will take what we need. Understand the words I just said coming on my face. All right, guys. Remember the 10% we're due for the neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government. The more you do for them, the less that to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. There will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line. Hold fast. Do not give up. Do not give in. We will win. I promise I'll make promises I can't keep. Guys, you've always been the answer. Remember, the Constitution limits the government, but never limits you. And why would the EPA be able to tell you what you put in your truck or your car? Mm, because you let them. All right, guys, thank you so much for everything you guys do there. Remember, donate to the show as often as possible. I will be traveling tomorrow and Friday, but I will be back Monday. I'll be at the Autism Conference in San Antonio this weekend uh, over there with uh, some great friends, John uh, Richardson, the apricot seed guy, the rncstore.com slash price, rncstore.com slash price. You get your apricot seeds. I know Carrie Heisman has ordered them in the past, and so those are all very, very good for you for the cancer-fighting process in your body to get your body to heal itself. Uh, Latrils or B17 is beautiful. All right, guys, I'm going down there to help them with their kid. Uh, They have an autism uh, son, and I want to be there for them uh, in their things that they're going through, and so that's why I'll be there this weekend. So I'll have plenty to report when I get back, but I'll be back Monday, so thank you guys so much everything you guys are doing. Remember, donate to the show as often as possible. you got to keep the Internet on, the lights on, and... Yeah, these bills just keep on coming, don't they? I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys all be good to each other out there, and I'll see you guys on Monday. Bye-bye.